Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, this is take three of Pridecast episode three. Third time's the charm, baby. Uh, it's just me today. Lee and James are both being busy boys, but I have a special guest that we've been dealing with technical difficulties for the past five minutes, but hopefully everything has been worked out. It's Mr. Derek Vaden. How's it going? Hello there. Uh, my computer sucks. Uh, it, clearly that, Apple is the master race. Yeah, clearly Apple is the master race in this situation because I heard every sentence, unlike the bit of one word that I heard on your computer. <laughs> Monkey, but, cheese, apple, cowboys, blah, 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 blah. Yes, there we go. <laughs> um, if you don't know who Derek Vaden is, he is one of the rising stars of the cruiserweight division, and I think is probably getting very close to uh, title opportunity in the future. Against fucking... Yeah, that's actually the real reason why uh, Alexander Pasternak couldn't be on the show. Yes, because, because he is... Uh, because he wanted because he is ducking you that's why (laughs) but 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 let's be real james ducks a lot of things in life already (laughs) the man this man does not know the meaning of the word responsibility but i shouldn't bury him behind his back when he's not here to defend himself (laughs) but um for anyone who doesn't know you all that well, could you just give us a brief overview of who you are, what you do, uh, what your like general history with e-fetting is, and uh, how have you found AAW? As I sneeze. <laughs> well, bless you. <laughs> Thank first you. And foremost. Um. Well, uh, my name is Derek. Uh, my real name is Derek. Uh, um, I need to stop saying, um, uh, not much really to say about me personally, uh, not an exciting person, but I get the job done. My general experience with e-fetting results into about, cool, uh, a... I spent about a month in WCF back in, say, 2015, Mm -hmm. and just recently picked it back up here about a month ago, and, uh, yeah, I found AW through, uh, Reddit after talking with my coworker about my experience in WCF. I was like, hey, that'd be kind of cool to try it. So I tried it out, and I'm enjoying it so far. Well, I had I had no idea that you were a part of WCF. I I wasn't doing a whole lot back in 2015. What were you, Derek Vaden in WCF, or were you a different character? I was a I was a character called Simmons. I got the name basically from was a cool name and Simmons because I was a real Kiss fan back then and Gene Simmons uh-huh. it didn't work out well at all so I just kind of dropped it Oof. and uh 
Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm doing a lot better now because I got a lot more creative, I think. That's good. It's I just al- think it's, it's, um, it's better always, now. Yeah, it's always good to be working when you have more creative juices flowing. And, man, that's, it's just surprising with the amount of people who, like, dr- come in and drop into the ether that is the WCF roster archives that whenever someone comes in and I just I just automatically assume they're new and I don't even ponder to think oh maybe this person was in WCF way back in the day but yeah that's cool thank you for sharing that and uh, glad to have you in AW you're definitely making yourself known in the cruiserweight division and also amongst the OOC boards uh this man, uh, when the podcast first started, he was the first person to take initiative and PM me for guest spots. So he is definitely he, he's definitely here to be an OC presence. And you're in the AW Facebook chat too, so that's good. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, so here's the agenda for the day. We have a clash to talk about. A pretty eventful class, if I do say so myself. Um, after class, since we don't have Lee and James here to probably fill out a little bit of time, I think it would be best if we went over the card so far for Evolution 2, because, man, it's shaping up to be a really great card. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And then after that, we will go through the listener questions. Thankfully, not two pages worth of listener questions this week. Thank you for submitting Uh, A numerous amount, but not too numerous. (laughs) Alright, so first order of business, we've got the May 13th edition of Monday Night Clash. Both Derek and I read through the results uh, about an hour or so ago to familiarize ourselves with what happened. And uh, first off, what is your opinion of this episode of Clash? Was it a boom or a bust in your opinion? That's a good question. Um, I think it was pretty good. I personally feel like last week's was just a little bit better, but, you know, it's pushing storylines across, and I think it's doing that very well, so I'd say it's a very passable episode. Yes, I think think you're right. I think last episode's was better, but only because... We were in, like, that post-Havoc Rumble afterglow, and this one seems a little tiny bit more tame by comparison, but you, storylines are progressiving. They're progressiving, Jesus. They are progressing, and they're progressing in really fun and <laughs> really cool ways, um, including several storylines that we'll get to later. But first off, we have the opening segment. We don't have Billy... <laughs> shooting on WCF like last week, but we do have a little bit of hype for a couple of uh, couple of storylines. Uh, there's a little bit of talk of Roy Speed and me. There's talk of TFK and Odin. Um, but the big thing is Chris Avery and Billy talking about the segment at the end of Last Clash where Michael X signed the evolution title match contract but not the aw contract and in the middle of them talking about this the camera just cuts to gorilla where torture's yelling into a headset to get them to stop talking about it 
when I, when I read this show, I just I felt so bad for the character torture because he he is stressing out so much over everything that's happening. Poor guy. Like he is like a really good example of how to do a face authority figure because he's not going out there and he's not screwing like heels over. He is a man trying to keep everything from going haywire and uh, it's it's working out really great. And what I like what I like about Torture is that he's not afraid to make his character look like I don't want I don't want to say weak because I don't think he looks weak. He he makes other people look much stronger. I'll say that. And there's several, yeah, there's I, several, I there's several, uh, I, I'm sorry that I keep talking over you, but there are several moments where, like, no, it's fine. he is, like, directly putting over people, specifically, off the top of my mind, Alex Richards, but we'll get to that later. Um, so, yeah, uh, Torture is, like, telling him to stop talking about Michael X, and after a while, he just up and comes out to the stage to talk to the crowd and basically be like, all right, you want me to talk about this? I'll talk about this. Michael X didn't want my three-year contract? That's fine. I'll sign it to a four-year contract. So he's just trying really hard to get these fucking WCF imports to sign to AW, and so far it's not going well. Also, Torture says that Michael X is not here tonight. He got you. He did get me, but I'm, like, really easy to satisfy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't play hard okay, to get like everyone much. else. I don't play hard to get like Noble or Michael. I'm just like, okay, I'll, I'll sign. <laughs> but uh, important, he says that Michael X is not here. Keep that in mind. This will come into play later. And he says, uh, when the crowd boos, he says, well, you see, he just isn't booked because he didn't sign the contract. So boo him, not me. Sound <laughs> uh. logic. It's it, it makes perfect sense. He's not lying. Uh, and Billy and Chris note that Torture did not look comfortable doing that segment. Good good start to the show. Really yeah, I, I, I pushes, just get that. Pushes forward the uh, Michael X. Ryan storyline for Evolution. Uh, and then immediately after, we get my segment. Um, so, this segment, uh, I come out and I start talking about Roy, telling him to accept the challenge. Uh, and instead of showing up in person, he Roy Speed appears via satellite uh, from his home in West Virginia. Um, would you like to hear a fun uh, tidbit about the, when this segment was originally posted that made a little continuity error? Sure, let's hear it. So in the opening segment, it says... That's right, you hear the crowd behind us going crazy. It's because we think Roy Speed is here. We think he's in the building. Uh, that was edited. It originally said, the crowd behind us uh, is going crazy because Roy Speed is in the building. Roy Speed is here tonight. And then later on in the segment, Roy Speed is in West Virginia via satellite. <laughs> and so, like... Yeah, actually, I think I caught that. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to say anything because I wasn't sure, but... I went to Torture, yeah. and he's like, Welp, that's... His explanation for the gap was that, let's be real, Chris Avery and Billy are on Molly when they do commentary anyways. <laughs> 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 he, 
I didn't edit the segment. And the reason that it was like that is because he basically wrote the opening segment seven days early. So he didn't catch that at first. <laughs> oh, and apparently I'm being called I for something. That. I will be right back. Okay. So, uh, we were we were still on the FPV Roy segment, right? I believe so, yes. Okay. So, long story short, Roy Speed shows up via satellite in his home from Virginia, and he accepts the challenge, and then he adds to the challenge where he says that he wants to make the charity initiative that I started a little bit bigger. Uh, earlier in the week, I had posted a thing on the AW Network about the Headshot Initiative, which I think is a... I did that as a way to have FPV go over as a face while still being an incredibly rich person, because normally in wrestling, incredibly rich people are heels and don't get serious faces, so... Um, the Headshot Initiative is actually inspired by something that Okada did a few years back. I think he may still do it, but... Basically, any time he hit a rainmaker on someone, he would donate a certain amount of yen to, like, a children's cancer research charity or something like that. Anyways, um, basically, Roy Speed makes the match an iron boot match. No pinfalls, no submissions, and the first person to deliver five headshots wins the match, and the loser must donate $25,000 to a charity of the winner's choosing. And at the yeah, very... I actually thought this was a really interesting, uh, interesting idea. Never I mean, like this before, but when I read about it, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. That's pretty. Oh yeah, the I have to give Roy credit for the Iron Boot match. That is all his idea. Uh, the the guy is a goddamn genius, and that is why he is an AW legend. <laughs> also, at the very end of the segment, you can see a typo where. Instead of saying, holy shit, fire, Billy says, holy hit, fire. I, I saw it when I was first going through this, and I thought that was, I thought that sounds better, because it's like, um, alliteration. Holy <laughs> hit, fire, Batman. It just sounds like it'll work a lot yeah, better. Yeah, it does. But that is a typo from me typing incredibly too fast and not catching it when I was editing this segment. But... That's fine. So yeah, uh, our match is official, and we go over to our opening match, which is your match. It is a cruiserweight match. Daniel hey. Westbrook versus Michael Trapson versus your boy Derek Vaden. Now, before I want to, I want to start by saying a few things about the uh, other competitors in this match, <laughs> namely uh, Michael Trapson uh, is built from being from Gary, Indiana, and Billy starts to sing Gary, Indiana over and over again. And it, it is apparently a show tune. I think it's Music Man from what Chris Avery says. I don't know. I don't know show tunes all that well. But apparently Billy is a fan of musical theater. And he sings Gary, Indiana throughout the entire match, which I think is really funny. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it either, but hey... It was entertaining to read, so I'm just going to go with it. Yes. Uh, Michael Trapson is the king of pop rocks. From what I understand, he has a Michael Jackson gimmick. And you know how he know, you know how I know he has a Michael Jackson gimmick? 
jumping onto the apron, traps and climbs to the nearest set of turnbuckles, standing on the middle rope and doing the smooth criminal lean. <laughs> I don't, that, that's a really cool entrance. I will give Chaps on that. You're not only good at micros, but you're good at entrances. <laughs> yeah, I... I gotta give him credit. I, I really like Trapson, Microman, whatever you want to call him. I think he's a really cool guy. In, in, inside kayfabe and out. I just oh. think he's cool. Oh yeah, he is a work horse with those micros. Uh, after we have a... I believe he is a debuting superstar, the Suplex King Daniel Westbrook. Um, uh, the suplex king so hopefully he gives a lot of nice suplexes in the match and then it is you me uh, you get buried hard, buried hard in this entrance where Chris Avery says being Wisconsin's <laughs> finest is like yeah. being the skinniest kid at fat camp And Billy says, hey, I was the skinniest kid at Fat Camp. It was pretty great. Don't talk shit. Which makes me wonder, how fat are the kids at Fat Camp if Billy is the skinniest kid in Fat Camp? Because <laughs> I don't know if you've seen um... Billy's pick face, but he is a big boy. Is he anything like uh, Richie Rich, I think is his name? Uh... His pick face is pretty big. Maybe. I don't know Richie Rich's pick base off the top of my head. But uh, that's those here competitors as we go on to the match. Alright, alright. Now, I have been getting comments from the past two Pridecasts that I have been no-selling a certain thing. And <laughs> I want to move on to the end of the match really quick. Um <laughs> No, I will mention that there, the uh, Dig Kick City gimmick. <laughs> um, I don't know a whole lot about it. I I always skim through matches to find funny, interesting bits to talk about. So sometimes I will go over something, and the past two weeks I have accidentally been going, going over Dick Kick City. But I won't this time, because Dick Kick City is a thing, and it is a proper good gimmick. Would you mind if I explain that really quickly? Yes, please. Like, why... Is, why... A thing? Yes, please. Okay, so... It was... It was the build-up to Havoc, and the Havoc Rumble, and I'm not really good at 4K role plays, so I was really... I was like, okay, this one's gonna be really, really badly... I know I'm going to suck. I know I'm not going to do well in the Rumble. So torture, please, just do this one thing. I just want to kick Dandy in the dick. And then you can throw me out. <laughs> so we, were, I kept making that joke all the way up until the Rumble. And then when it happened, it happened actually in the Rumble. Me and Dandy blew up. <laughs> and the next week... Dandy wrote wrote something like that into a segment with Kids Grove, where basically Kids Grove kicked him in the dick, and somewhere off screen, I yelled, "Ha, dick kick, city!" <laughs> and for whatever reason, that's something that's just that persisted, and I'm not gonna 
I'm not going to say no to it. I'm just going to run away I it, think it's funny. If it gets over, it gets over. What can I say? Fair enough. Uh, questionable line of commentary from Billy. This crowd is eating traps and up like kittens at a saucer of milk. Really weird. Oh, we got a nice suplex yeah, from Billy. It is. And it is from Westbrook, so Westbrook is living up to the Suplex King moniker. Uh, there's also nice power bombs instead of and not only nice suplexes, nice power bombs. Uh, really funny bit where Chris Avery uh, chastises Billy for saying nice suplex over and over again, and Billy says, "Oh, Mister, I can uh, Arby's all the time is telling me I can't say nice suplex." <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> the very sponsor sponsors. Uh, <laughs> Billy. Starts to say Gary, Indiana instead of nice suplex, but catches himself. Uh, whatever reason, the person who wrote this match wrote the near fall as one, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, two and five sixths, two and eleven twelves. That's like in Fire Pro Wrestling where it goes from one to two to two point nine. <laughs> I, I mark out at the 2.9 hiccups, but the ending of this match is kind of hilarious. First of all, Chapson's finisher, he moonwalks into a DDT. That is <laughs> props. That's amazing. He hits the moonwalk DDT on Westbrook, but Vaden kicks Chapson out of the wing and pins Westbrook for the win. Default. God, what a dirty way to win the match. And I love it. You don't see finishes like that. Don't care, it worked. Too much in wrestling. And, hey, it's a, a win is a win. I think a win this, is a win is a win. I think this match was really good, and I think all three guys came out of it looking really good. Westbrook for his character doing the suplexes that he's supposed to be doing. Traps him for his amazing gimmick work, and you for actually winning the darn thing. I apologize for sneezing. I may be sick. I don't know. Better not give me sick, boy. Hopefully not. Uh, as we move on to a mysterious <laughs> segment. <best> possible. <laughs> uh, Big Brother segment. Apparently, there is a new wrestler who is known by the nickname Big Brother. His pick base is Grand Metallic, and he is coming to the Cruiserweight division. There's been a few segments for this guy uh, last since last week, so I'm curious to see who this is. Uh, my initial gut instinct was to say that it is uh, the old Adam Young from the WCF, but I don't believe this is the same one. So we shall see. I'm a big fan of the show. Can't wait to see what comes up. Yes. Uh, and next up, we have a Carly Nash segment. The only point of this segment is for Carly Nash to bury the shit out of Bishop. I don't know what her deal is, but I like it. <laughs> the, the first... She has good. she has Jenna Bauer read the definition of the word con man that is on the Titantron. 
It says, very good. That's the very reason I've, come to, uh, I've chosen to come out here tonight to tell you all about a con man who works in this very company. And if you watch my promos, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and even Jenna's like, why do you hate Bishop all of a sudden so much? Um, she speculates that it's because Bishop beat her in a, the recent television tournament. And I will just read this fucking shoot. It has nothing to do with that. That win was nothing but a fluke. No, my dislike for Bishop stems from you, Action Wrestling Management. That fat idiot that sits behind the announcer's desk and it stems from wrestling fans like all these morons here in Springfield. First, let me talk about management. Somehow Bishop can con them into giving him a contract, yet does nothing to actually earn it. This charlatan somehow conned management into giving him three title reigns, all of which completely sucked, because let's face it, Bishop sucks. Now I'm going to ask you something, Jenna. Does Bishop ever conduct interviews with you? Oh, uh, well, I don't think he has. Exactly. And does Bishop hype his matches on social media? Well, no, but, but nothing. This guy has been protected and coddled by this company for way too long, and I've had to put up with fans taking shots at me for losing the Bishop. But no more, Jenna. I've had enough of Bishop, and now that he conned his way into the tag team ranks, that unfortunately is the last time he'll con anyone in action wrestling. I'm gonna... Whew, I'm gonna make damn sure he never makes it to evolution. He may not even make it out of this dump here tonight. So, in conclusion, the end of the con man begins tonight. Get used to it. God, what uh, a bo what a boss. So, Bishop and Priest are still still a thing. Apparently so. Uh, I have not seen Bishop actually be on the board in a while. I believe that Torture is only writing him into the storyline just so that. He can get buried because apparently he has not been showing recently. Uh, if nothing else, I think that this storyline is really funny because of how hard Carly is burying Bishop and Bishop is not defending himself in any way whatsoever. He's not coming out of it. He's not he's he's just taking it. Uh, and next up we have I, I just remember. Oh yes. I just remember. Um the in one like my last days in WCF, that's that's one of the big things I remember is that Bishop and Priest broke up. Like one, I can't remember which one which, but one of them just went beast on the other and just kicked his ass, and they had like a big feud after that. So I, when I came back, it was really surprising to see that they were back together. Yes. uh do you know the handler behind Bishop and or Priest? I don't I think they're two different people. They may be the same person, I don't know. No, I I don't know a lot of people's handlers. Not, except for the uh for the people that are here, like now. Hmm. So Bishop and Priest are actually really, really old school. They're actually friends of Gravediggers, if I'm remembering correctly, and they go back to like two thousand three. So they're real, real old school. They've been doing this a while. I have never actually interacted with them, though, so I can't tell you much about the kind of people that they are, sadly. That's for Gravedigger to talk about whenever he decides to show up on this podcast. But um, moving on from Carnage, we have a we have a Magic Maddox segment. 
where he comes to you, Derek Maiden, looking for protection in case the Beach Crew get involved in his title match later. Uh, so, do you have any insights into how this was written and how this came about? Um, it was really just written as, like, we're pretty much trying to set up a, uh, cruiserweights versus beach crew feud, almost. Like, not actually feuding with them, but, like, you know, Pasternak has his group, has his crew, and we're basically trying to defend the honor of the cruiserweight division. So, Maddox and I, uh, we're trying to set that up, but I'm not sure where it's going at the moment. That's actually yeah, something. That's something that I, I got. That's actually something that I got feeling from watching. I think it was you and QDT interact on Twitter, where you two were like, "We need to defend the cruiserweight divisions on our. We'll team up for now, and once this is done, we can go back to fighting over the cruiserweight belt." Until QDT lost the belt, sadly, because of fucking James. Yeah, that's pretty much what what, I, what went down. My we to have. <laughs> my favorite line of this segment is uh, Derek Vaden. Don't you have God on your side or something? Well, yes, but he's let worse things happen to better versions of me in the past. <laughs> that's really funny. So yeah, y'all talk about avenging QDT and all that, and then uh, I get the feeling that Derek Vaden in this whole segment is just very reluctant with this. And as soon as Magic Maddox leaves, Vaden just goes back into his locker room and doesn't come out again. Yeah, I saw that. It was supposed to be, um... I was supposed to join him at ringside, but I don't think the writer of the match caught that. Mm. So it, it, he just wrote, like, Maddox on his own. I just, I just kind of bailed on him. <laughs> what a fight! What a, what a shit friend Derek Vaden is. He ab- abandons this guy who's like coming to him, pleading to help him out, and doesn't show up to back him up. Um, I, I can't though. That's yeah, the that's, son of God, no less. The son of God. Uh, on that note, uh, next match is a cruiserweight championship match between Magic Maddox and Alexander Pasternak. Now, I actually have a question. Uh, I believe I've seen the handler for Magic Maddox, and Magic Maddox is a secondary character. The, who's the handler of Magic? Um, I think um, Dandy the V is the uh, is his ah is his main character, but Matt he he's running Maddox. I think specifically for the cruiserweights. Even though I think he's going to move him out soon, if I remember mm. correctly. All right. Well, it's good to see Dandy work in the secondary and getting a Cruiserweight Championship match against the boy. And this is mostly a normal affair. There's actually no beast, no beach crew interference from what I can see. And in the end, Alexander retains the belt. Clean victory, no shenanigans, which is surprising in a beach crew match, I'll say. Yeah, I was surprised uh, to see nothing of the sort, too. Yeah, I thought there would be 
uh, at least William Wade, whatever his name is, <laughs> um, that stepping up. But yeah, we'll, we'll get um, we'll get into that later. Clean as a whistle. Yeah, clean as a whistle. Um, after that, we get what I believe is an advertisement for AW2K, because that's certainly what this gimmick looks like. <laughs> we've got I love these people. So we've got Wade, uh, Spencer, uh, Richards, Kemp, and then Bobby Rage. <laughs> my boy, yeah, my boy Bobby Rage, <laughs> getting pushed with the big names. Yeah, I like the. Uh... I like to look at this. I think mean, I, I kind of wish it would be it would be real, like maybe some really janky flash game. Oh, oh, the the like the, jan- the jankier the better. Uh, we move on to a Prince Jimmy Dean Memorial Battle Royale segment. Unlike the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, which has a convenient nickname of Armbar. I don't think there's a convenient nickname for the Prince Jimmy Dean Memorial Battle Royale. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it's a first world problem if ever there was one. I was gonna try, but nope. It's it's not happening. Yeah, so, uh... Not enough uh, syllables. Not enough syllables. Or no, not syllables. Vowels. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, Camelia Gonzalez uh, hyping up, talking about the battle royale to honor the dearly departed Prince Jimmy Dean. May he rest in peace. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> oh. And she tries. You, to, sir. She tries to hype up some entrance, including Hajit, but uh, as soon as she announces Hajit. The Syndicate comes out with Seth Colt, Carlos Lopez, the Talent Enhancers, and Chase Jackson. Basically cutting a promo. Say, I think they're saying that they're all going to enter into the uh, Battle Royale. I, uh... I'll be completely honest, I'm not entirely clicked in as to what the Syndicate storyline is supposed to be, but I do know that at the very end of it, the syndicate turns on Chase Jackson and just leave him The only thing I know about the syndicate is Carlos Lopez, and that's only because I faced him last week. Other than that, I have I really don't have a clue. That's I guess it's hard to say. I get the feeling that the syndicate is a torture thing, besides the talent enhancers, but uh, syndicate members, if you want to make a rebuttal in the thread I'm going to post this podcast in and explain what your deal is, feel free to do so and educate your boy. <laughs> well, really quick before we move on, I do love at one point Chris Avery screams, holy my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, best commentary in the game. Oh, oh, this is a treat. It's the Danny DeVito and Sam Kidsgrove segment. <laughs> I love these. I love. I really do. So apparently, we have reached a point where we are putting wanted posters up for Dandy and Sam outside of the arena. <laughs> do not admit these two; they may be disguised. 
So, <laughs> I love I love Kids Grove's exchange with this security guard. Where at first the security guard was like, "Yeah, you're Sam Kids Grove, man. So pleased to see you. You know why I know you're Sam Kids Grove? I know because your ass is banned from this arena tonight. Get out of my face, <laughs> fool. You're do you know who I am? Routine my or Britain or Hollywood or something? But nah, I vouch for the club. I hear this like every night. So get out of here before I call the cops." And meanwhile, Dandy had bought a ticket to get into the arena and is in the process of getting kicked out. Um, and <laughs> Billy is like getting up to leave. Comic Jerry, I gotta go. Catering can't go through that nonsense again. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have to try this Dandy voice. Forget you, man. I work here. It's not my fault that idiot kids grow guys both suspended. You managed to get in, huh? Yeah, I bought a ticket in these guys, and then apparently they just start fighting right then and there. <laughs> I love the idea that they could have, like, a semi-normal conversation, and then it just evolves into fisticuffs. <laughs> Kidstroke just screams, will you just go this, and... This is all these two are. Yeah, this, this, these two exist to hurt each other at this point. Kidstroke seems, will you just go and die, you prick? Um, probably the weirdest part of this segment Camille Gonzalez comes in and starts freaking out about the office door saying watch the door I don't want the same thing as last week whatever you do hold the door just hold the door get it hold the door hold it hold the door hold the door hold the door hold the door this becomes really it just becomes Hodor. This reference. Oh my god. Kamiya seems broken. I know that one. Uh, Danny and Kids Grove fighting in the car park. Uh, and in the process, they fuck up Kamiya's Nissan Micro. I, is that supposed to seem Micro? I, I don't know Nissan's enough. I've never heard either one of them, so... Oh well. Basically, they uh, they fuck up Camilla's car, and Camilla calls the police, and Sam and Dandy get arrested. Bound to happen sometime. It, it, it had to happen. When you're fighting in car parks and throwing people into other people's cars, it's bound to happen. All right. Next up, we have a. Another match, we have Harry Diderot and Lizzie Hope. This is the first match of Harry Diderot's retirement tour. As the handler of Harry Diderot gracefully retires the character and moves on to something different, he is going on and he is basically going to have matches where he puts over other people. And that is why the handler of Harry Diderot is the most... He is the coolest dude in the Federation because he is going out... And he will let his character put over these people in this retirement match. Even if Harry wins a match, I believe that just being in this will put over other people over. Um, and it's an excuse to give Lizzie a big win, and I'm a big fan of Lizzie Hope, so there you go. Uh, As am I. Yeah. Um, 
No shenanigans at all. This is another clean match. Lizzie gets the one, two, three, and they, uh, yeah, they shake hands and Harry claps for her. And they say on commentary that this is a retirement tour and that he's Harry Diderot is going out on top. So good for everyone involved. It's weird in E-Fetting to see such a match happen because I'm. Maybe just because I was in WCF for so long with, when the stable wars were in full effect, but it's so weird to see such clean endings to matches. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. I, uh, I wasn't really I wasn't really around long enough to to know, obviously. Um yeah, even I caught on to a lot of the uh, shenanigans of the, you know, the the groups and the uh, factions. Oh yeah, there were plenty of shenanigans. Uh, next up, we have another syndicate segment. I, I will I will praise this segment because this segment is pretty funny. Where uh, the syndicate go and they find the cowboy from hell's luggage, basically, and they just start vandalizing it. And making fun of Blaze and Zmac, so I would like coming. I would like to quote Timothy James. Look, I'm Blazy the Homo, and I love cowboy wieners in my butt. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Oh look, I'm Blazy. I'm Blazy getting pinched from gnarly Carly. Yeah, yeah, do me, Carly. Butt pump me with your gold medals. Woo! I love sweat tea. God. I can't tell if that was a typo or not, but I love it either way. <laughs> Sweaty. Just sounds so viscerally disgusting. Getting picked uh, this from... This whole segment just kind of makes me cringe, to be honest. It makes me cringe, but it makes me cringe in the fun way. Oh, yeah. and, and at the end, they uh, the uh, syndicate goes and he's all over their bags. As you want to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've gotten the impression from the enhancers that they're not the most mature people ever. Uh, but this, this is new. I have to say, it is. It is definitely a very immature thing to do. I I was so caught off guard with it though that I cannot help but think it's hilarious though. So I will give them that. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, next up, we have a triple threat debut match. We've got debuts from all three men. We've got Ryan Elias, Roger Payton Jr., and Nathaniel Bowman. Now, I don't know who Nathaniel Bowman is. I did not check him out. I do know that Ryan Elias, uh, I assume that he was just going to be one of those kind of fly by people who join and then don't do anything, but apparently apparently he put up a really good first role play, so that would explain why he gets the win later. Um and you know who Roger Payton Jr. is, I presume, at this point. Yes, yes I do. I am very interested to see how the handler writes this, because if you don't know, Roger Payton Jr. is Joey Flash's new character. 
And in a complete departure from Flash, this guy is an uber babyface to a T. He is, like, so magnanimous and pure at heart. Uh, I will make a bold prediction. I believe that Roger Payton Jr. will eventually become incredibly corrupted by the pro wrestling business, and he's going to turn into an absolute super heel. I would really like to see that. I honestly would. And seeing Flash, I know he can do super heel well. It's basically his specialty. He's already a super heel to me because he, he went to Iowa State. And, you know, you know fuck Iowa State. Oh, man. We've got, <laughs> we've got school ties running. We've got collegiate ties, collegiate blood. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, I don't know what the deal was, but... Uh, Roger couldn't get a real RP up, so uh, Ryan Elias gets the win here today. So, good on you, Ryan. I'll keep an eye out for you, try to keep up with you. Uh, I think the uh, the other boys last week put him over saying that he posted a really good RP, so I'm going to have to keep an eye out on him. Uh, next up, we have a Jacob Lister segment. Now, this is another instance of weird timeline shenanigans where Chris Avery says the match between Scott Slater versus L.A. Johnny Styles proves to be interesting even though it has not been yet. I don't know what the deal is with that. Yeah, I, that that's, that's just one of those things that is bound to happen sometimes where like someone will write a segment to be placed in a certain area of the show and it gets moved around and lines like this make it incredibly obvious. But it is pretty funny. It is funny. When it happens. When it, it is, when it, when it, when it happens, it is funny, and then you look at it as like, alright, let's make sure to try not to do that again in the future. Yeah. But uh, Jacob Lister comes out and he cuts a promo on Hazel Overton. Uh basically calling her a heel, saying uh, that the crowd hates her. Uh, the only reason that she gets any attention is because she has fake ass and boob implants. Let's see, I'm looking for choice lines to say, because I, I thought there were some. Uh... You can shake those ass implants all you want. You can even shake your boobs. But that doesn't make you a decent ring competitor. It makes you look like a hoe. Eventually we'll get our one-on-one time. I meant to match. Then I will twist you into knots. 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 And Hazel comes out. And Hazel... Just, I think Hazel roasts Lister even worse than Lister roasted Hazel, honestly. You think I give two fucking shits of these people like me? Oh. oh. Lots of sneezing. I'm so sorry that everyone has to listen to that. You think I give two fucking shits of these people like me? Newsflash, no. I don't care. I'm not here to be liked by you or these fucktards. As for last. Last week, you didn't do shit to me. In case you need a memory enhancer, I wasn't pinned. Therefore, I didn't get beat. 
Second of all, you are so infatuated with me because you know outside of match and wrestling, you couldn't get a girl like me without paying for them. Third of all, I don't touch dicks, so make it worth my while. Otherwise, go back to the plastic blow-up doll you got in the back to fix your needs. Oh, shit. The only three things that are going to end up being blown up into pieces are your two fun packs and your inflated hindquarters. And then, this segment ends so weirdly. Jacob drops the mic, throws two birds at Hazel, a smile across his face. As she was heading backstage, a wick by Godsmack begins to play. Jacob climbs up a nearby turnbuckle, raising his arms to the cheering crowd. So Hazel just leaves. Doesn't beat him down, just leaves and leaves him to, like, go pander to the crowd. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. <laughs> this feud is over implants, apparently. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, a feud that happened in the Attitude Era between Kane and Chris Jericho, which ostensibly started over Jericho spilling a cup of coffee on Kane, and by the end of the feud, they were in a blood feud in, like, last man standing matches. <laughs> and commentary's like, Pope, this one started over a cup of coffee. Didn't that rivalry go for, like, a year? Like, wasn't that it, it, the it, longest it, running fuse of the time? It went on for a long time. A few months at the very least, so. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't around for that one, but I've heard all about it. Uh, it just... I, I know about it via the Attitude Era podcast covering it on their run-through of the entire Attitude Era. That's why I know about it. Uh, next up, we have a hard championship teaser match. Wikipedia Man versus James Wolf, And the winner will be uh, officially entered into the hardcore title match at Evolution. So, uh, first off, gotta give well, some I love. I guess who wins this one. <laughs> uh, gotta give props to Wikipedia Man. He has a really funny gimmick. I don't know if he's a super serious character, but I do enjoy him as like a kind of a jobber. And, of course... James Wolf is making a run for it after coming out of WCF, and he gets the win here tonight, and he is the first man in the Hardcore Championship match, so good for him. <laughs> Next up, we have the Hajit segment. Uh, he is getting interviewed by Nate Burleson. I will try not to be uh, overtly racist uh, reading this segment. You had a great returning performance in Havoc Rumble, and tonight you make your return to Monday Night Clash against the big man, Alex Richards. Crowd half response for Richards, half of them boo. Fucking smarks. <laughs> Alex Richards in the wrestling ring is good wrestler, and I will wrestle him really good too, because I am back with a wrestling of action, and I will do wrestler movies for all these fans. <laughs> Alright, any word on Petrov? No word on Petrov. Oh no, I'm sorry to talk like Petrov. Oh no. No word on... Ah. Mixing characters. I'm <laughs> mixing up the characters. Oh no. I thought I could do accents because of last week with can accent, but it's falling apart on me. No. <laughs> but now rumor is he posts on tweet and I don't know. I just know he needs oil and grease to make the chicken sneeze. And when we are in tag team match long time ago, we got hurt and we are injured, but now I am back, and it's time for Alex Richards. You will meet my knees. I love you, wrestler fans. I love you. 
Oh, that was a train wreck. I'm never doing that again. It really oh, is. It was okay. He is a special talent with a special mind. And he just loves this crowd, loves this business. And I'm glad he's still in America. Jesus Christ, Chris Avery. Oh, boy. So next up, we have a Kyle Kemp segment. Always good to see the boy. He is uh, talking to Camille Gonzalez in her office, saying that she needs to start booking him again because she is ignoring him. Uh, this is just Kyle Kemp putting himself over. Good shit. When you're not getting booked, uh, I speak as someone who is not being booked in matches and trying to build a feud. You have to basically do everything you can to build up feuds and stuff with segments like these. So, good on Kyle. Good segment. Uh, I'm starting to believe Kyle Kemp has a face. I was a little skeptical because I, I've i mostly only seen him as uh, like a heel and beach crew in the WCF, but I'm buying Kyle Kemp as a face. Uh, and I also, uh, I wasn't around for the, uh, the Fight Smart stuff, but, uh, I'm very excited for his, uh, match that gets announced later in the show, so. Moving on, we have, uh, the foreshadowed match from earlier. We have yeah. Scott Slap yeah. versus L.A. Johnny Styles. Most indie-rific names I've ever seen. Yes, and, uh... That's not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing, and, uh, uh... I don't know, was... I think Styles showed for this show? I think he wrote an RP? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I, remember, I think I remember. Yeah, I think he wrote an RP for this, so... Good to see that he... That the no-show was just a... Just a one-off thing. I'm glad to have John Styles in the fit. Um, but we are continuing the push of young Scott Slayer, and he gets the win here tonight. And then after the win, it's Bobby Rage! Oh, shit. He comes in and he gives Scott Slayer a Rage Slam. And then he gives him another Rage Slam for good measure. Oh, oh, I got my fix. I'm glad. Bobby Rage is the boy. Can I just say that... Yes. Can I just say that Bobby Rage probably has the best pick base? Like, it's perfect for him. <laughs> he really he's does. He's just Brock Lesnar, inside he, and out. He is just... He's just... I'd say he's a more verbose Brock Lesnar because... I think he has more of a character than Brock Lesnar, because we know that he is obsessed with meat and meat metaphors, and that's already more personality than Brock Lesnar ever had. Um, now, I don't want to sound too hyperbolic when I say this, but Bobby Rage versus Scott Slayer is one of my favorite feuds going into Evolution 2. <laughs> because it's like... I think it's going to be a good match. It's going to be a good match, but it's also two young guys who are going at it and learning off of each other and, like, putting on a really good show with, like, there's no belt on the line. There's no, like, Rising Stars or Alpha Championship or whatever. It's just two guys, one of which eliminated someone from the Rumble, and they're mad about it, and they're fighting over it. So they're probably going to be putting a match at Evolution 2, and I will mark out for it because I think these guys are getting uber-competitive with each other in terms of uh, one-upsmanship, because at this point, they've both gotten licks on each other, so... I'm all for it. Alright. Uh, we get a really weird segment. Uh, it's a up segment. Uh, Nate Burleson gives a very long-winded introduction to Shadow Love. 
listening out all his nicknames, all his aspects. Um, and as soon as Shavalov said, before Shavalov can even finish his word, Jared Holmes walks into frame, slow clapping, and looking directly into Shadow Love's eyes. He continues slow clapping. He's inching closer and closer to Shadow Love, still slow clapping. Each clap gets louder and more impactful. Shadow Love doesn't flinch in the face of Holmes, and Holmes continues his awkward pressuring of getting closer and closer, still slow clapping. Holmes is now clapping an inch away from Shadow Love's face, and they're freeze-framed. The words will be right back in the bottom left corner and the background music of the air comic show and so we fade to a commercial. I'll be honest. I don't get why this happens, but I'm happy it happens. I don't know what the point of this segment is. But I like it. Because <laughs> it plays off the, the running joke that Shadow Love is incredibly an incredibly verbose writer. And it just kind of plays with that. You know what? Come to think of it, I know, I, w- I, wanna, I wonder if this is building between a match at Evolution between Shadow Love and Jared Holmes. Because I don't know Shadow Love has anything else going on at the moment, like story or title-wise. Not that I remember. I'll say this. Um... Jared Holmes would be a good match for him. I think Jared Holmes versus Shadow Love is a money match. Give it to me. I'm down. Why Why the hell not? That sound, sounds good. Give me one second. I'm replying to a message. Take your time. I actually don't want to take my time, but that's it. Uh, oh, this is a good segment. So, uh, J Mac is in the ring, and he has apparently been told by management he has been hastily scheduled into a match, and that that match is a hardcore championship teaser match. And then we get the the edgy gimmicks from last week: demons in the walls, demons in the halls. Uh, welcome to my nightmare. Game over. And we find out who was behind those messages, and it's Corey Bull. Now, I fully recognize that this is a big deal and that Corey Bull is a hallowed name in the annals of AW history, but I have just joined the Federation, and sadly I do not know too much about Corey Bull, but I know that it is a big deal that Corey Bull is back, so I'm excited to see him in this hardcore championship match, because uh, needless to say, he decimates uh, J-Mac very easily. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I am not too sure about who he is, but I can tell he's a big deal. So it's exciting to see where he's gonna where he's gonna go from here. And if you get two guys who have never seen your character before, and in one segment get them to go, yeah, we know this guy's a big deal. He should do great things. That's a pretty good sign. So good on you, Corey. You did good. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> Next up, we have Carly Dash versus Bishop. Uh, oh, should come up no surprise that I don't think Bishop showed for this match. So, uh, Carly, Nash, Carly Nash just comes in and just uh, just beats him up. 
just beats him up a lot and makes him tap out. Kicks his teeth. And then we get the team of red, white, and bruised destroying Bishop and Priest with chairs. Fun times! Fun times! Alright. Next up we have a Spinster Adams segment. And this is a big one. This is a biggie. So Spencer comes out. He hypes himself up, talks about how he was in the main event at last year's Evolution, and now uh, the AW that he knew was gone, now it's a different, better AW. And he is acknowledging the changes that have come to the Federation, and he's praising them, um, and he has some paperwork on hand. It's a contract for a certain match at Evolution, and he calls out Kyle Kip to sign the contract. Sign the contract for the match at Evolution. Um, so, Kyle Kemp comes out and, without saying a word, signs the contract. So it's a big face-versus-face uh, fight-smart implosion match at Evolution. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm a big fan of both Kyle Kemp and Spencer Adams. This should be an amazing there's a lot of face versus face matches going on in AW right now. Now that I think about it, yeah. Now does that speak to a uh, a lack of heels, or is that just good storytelling between the two faces in each I think, rivalry? I think it's a, I think it's a good good sense of storytelling between the two faces because. Both of the face versus face matches make sense. They're not just thrown together because of lack of heels. Um, I'll say this about AW. This I praise AW about a lot of things, and this is one of them. I think that AW, more so than WCF, has a such a good balance between faces, heels, and tweeters. Because in WCF, it felt like everyone, everyone was a heel. Everyone wanted to be a cool heel. But in AW, we have plenty of faces to go around. We have really cool tweeners like Shadow Love and all that. I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. Well, actually, technically, Shadow Love is not a tweener. Shadow Love is the good, the bad, and sometimes the ugly. Um, oh, oh boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we have a Jay's Wild segment where he goes to apologize to Camille Gonzalez, um, who suspects that he is heavily concussed, um, saying that I shouldn't have put my ego or anything else. For whatever reason, you see this whole Wild versus Black situation as a bigger thing, so I'll play this stupid game. This, for whatever it's worth, I was wrong, and I'm sorry. And Camille doesn't really know what to say. Uh... Jace Wilde begins to cut a really heartfelt promo, like a really heartfelt face promo, and then he is immediately jumped by a Doom Squad man and speared through the wall. And on the other side of the wall is Corey Black's dress room. So Corey Black is just sitting down on a chair. And he watches a big man just spear Jace Wilde into his dressing room. And he just, he just is like, too easy. Oh my 
fucking god, Corey Black, you maniac. I, I just I, I came in during the tail end of the Doom Squad uh, teasers, and I just love where it's where it's gone since then. Oh oh, I think it's just great. I think Doom Squad is just like a little, a couple of knots underneath uh, Kids Grove and Dandy for big feud of the year, but this is just so good. I will say though. More than anyone else on the roster in their evolution match, Jace Wilde has to win his match against Corey Black because otherwise this whole storyline is going to have a really, really, really downer ending. Yeah. Evil prevails after all of that. <laughs> I know, I know, I get it. Sometimes the bad guy wins, but after six months of this happening... There needs to be a happy ending for Jace Wilde because he has gotten his shit kicked in. All right, well, next up we have your television championship match of the night. It is Hazel Overton versus Claire Hawkins in a Havoc Rumble rematch. Uh, there's a little bit of speculation on... If Dream Daddy Wesley will interfere in the match, but surprisingly he does not. It is a, another clean affair. And uh, Claire Hawkins retains the belt. Good shit. Same result as Havoc, too. What was that? I said same result as Havoc, too. Yeah, same result as Havoc. I'm, a, I'm starting to become a big fan of these two ladies. So this is always a good matchup. Um, this is a nice... Uh, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more Dream Daddy involvement, but it's, it's fine. You don't need him. And he gets he gets on the show later anyways, so it's all good. I do I do have to say real quick. Yes. Um, I've noticed kind of a bit of, like, resent... I don't want to say resentment, but, like, a little bit of saltiness from both sides in terms of Hazel and everyone else pretty much like I've noticed that Hazel has gotten some I'd say somewhat negative feedback like criticism and I feel like I've kind of taken that sort of wrong way and kind of became a little almost, almost bitter not quite like not, not, not quite that that bad, but mm. I just noticed that there's a bit of uh, negativity. And I just want to say I like Hazel. I think she's a, I think she's good for for the character she's portraying. Same here. I love Hazel. I think yeah, it's, a, I, I, I think it's a great character. Uh, that's the thing about feedback. Like sometimes, a lot of times when someone asks for feedback, and this is not everybody that does this, but I'm certainly guilty of this. Uh, a lot of times when someone asks for feedback, what they want to hear is if you're saying all the good things about your RP or your character or your storyline. Um, and sometimes when someone actually goes and gives legitimate constructive criticism, it can come off as uh, just really negative, which is not supposed to. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, I would ask for feedback on some FPV roleplays in WCF, and I would get a response from Odin, and he would give me, he wouldn't give me any bullshit. He would say, 
this is what is wrong with your role plays and this is what you need to fix to make it better and he would honestly give it a critique like he wouldn't be there to like suck your dick or anything he would tell you what you need to work on so I'll say don't if Hazel is listening don't take any like negative or just like criticism part it's not supposed to be a knock on you it's supposed to be not, not, I'm saying all this having not read any of those feedback threads but uh, just try and take the positive from the feedback and use it to improve because everyone can do with improving in AW even Ryan Lockhart certainly has areas where he is you know he can do better. Everyone has areas. I certainly have my areas. Derek has his. No one is perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect team better. And like I said, that's just like that's just me speculating. I I could be completely wrong. I could Hazel could be like taking all of this in stride. Yeah, that's also possible. That's just that I we might have just gone on this tangent for kind now. of assume based on her. I'm sorry, what? Oh, oh, nothing. Nothing. I was just making a comment. But uh, uh, on that note, that's fine. On that note, I will be... I'll have to leave for another another bit of time. I'll try to be back as quick as possible. Uh, It looks like I might have to do some editing on this, unfortunately, but that's all right. I'll do my best. I'll be right back. All right, we're back. Sorry about that, but moving on. I believe, when we last left off, we had a William Moore segment. I believe you are right. Oh boy, William Moore. How, what, what is there to say about William Moore that hasn't already been said? I, I think that this change of gimmick is so good for so many reasons, because I love this kind of heel that Wade is starting to do. He is. I I, I want to say that like. He's he's kind of like a face in his own head, but he's also not. I think he is fully aware that everything he's saying is incredibly disingenuous, and that he is. It's it's hard to put into words what exactly I like about this gimmick, other than I I just really really like it. I think it's 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 great, and I I think this feud between him and QDT is just money. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what these guys do together. I mean, already, they've done some really good things. But like, in terms of a match, I'm really excited. Yes. I can't see what QDT can do as a proper heavyweight. Yeah, I think QDT is solidified that he is kind of moving away from the cruiserweight division and graduate with the heavyweights and boy what a what a first opponent in the heavyweight division way fucking more he's a big boy now he's a big boy now he's gonna he's gonna gain one thing that I have to say yes. about uh, William Moore real quick he was a fine falcon safety back in the day oh boy oh the wrestler okay never mind <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> I hate the Falcons. I'm from Louisiana. You should know this. Uh, one thing you need to know about me is I love the Falcons, so uh, we're going to have some problems. Oh, we're going to have to. Unless we keep it professional. 
We will keep we will keep it professional on the show, but once this recording is turned up, I'm gonna fucking lay into you, you dirty bird. That's fine. The Saints, I, I, the Saints were robbed in the playoffs, and you cannot tell me otherwise. Oh no, I completely agree with you. Okay, at least we agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is Absolutely. not the this is not the NFL podcast. This is the AEW podcast. Um, exactly. Basically, what William Moore is doing, he's coming out and he's fake apologizing for what he did to QDT with Pasternak last week. And QDT does come out incredibly slinged up and looking really bad, trying to get in more space. QDT doesn't say a word throughout all this. He is he's just showing up to try and defend himself and. Unfortunately, William Moore takes advantage and basically destroys QDT. Okay. Yes, to the point where QDT is now in a hospital and is possibly out for a few months or so, we think, right now. So um, I fully expect QDT to somehow make a John Cena Superman recovery recover just in time for Evolution so that he can have a match with William Moore. Because this is a money feud and I want to see a blow-off match. They're probably going to do a uh, an unsanctioned match. Like, hey, you can't sue us if you get killed. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. Like, QDT's like, they didn't clear me to compete tonight, but fuck them. I need to, I need to show this man what for. I'm going to do it even if I kill myself doing it. That's good. So, oh. QDT was written off forever. <laughs> That's how QDT was scrapped and a new character was made. God, could you imagine the man who, to turn heel, beat up his own parents is now being glorified as a big baby face? Wrestling is weird. That's all I can it say is. about that. It's really weird. I love when Williams starts to beat up on QDT. Please, damn it all the hell I told you, Chris Avery. What's happened? It's like Williams completely snapped. It's like he's a totally different person. Are you kidding me? He's always been an eel. <laughs> I just love the choice of like someone an eel. It's just it's really funny. Slippery, slimy, <laughs> and sometimes shocks you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> You doing okay over there? I've been better, but I'm gonna push through. Someone's bad. Uh, spirit, bucko. Boy. Sorry. Bucko. Um. Oh, we got the second Danny DeVito and Sam Kids Grove segment, where Danny is in jail, and he gets bailed out. Someone says, "Hey, someone, this guy uh, paid your bail, and he left a little note." And he reads the note, and the note is from Kids Grove, and it reads, Dear Dandy, I posted your bail because I didn't want you to stay in the safety of jail and pussy out at Evolution 2 by refusing to post bail. That's if you can afford it. After all, you are gutter trash, and your daddy has cut you off. Be ready for Evolution. I'm coming for you, you scrotal abscess and total other waste of oxygen. Please remember to turn up because I'm going to destroy you. So Kids Grove, I love Kids Grove. Kids Grove immediately bail because he is a rich boy, and <laughs> paid Danny's bail. And now, 
uh, and then he asks, well, wh where is he? And the guard says, oh, I think he's going to get on a plane to England. And then he, like, immediately hopped into a taxi to try and intercept Kidsgrove at the airport. But it is, unfortunately, too late. Uh, Kidsgrove is already in England. So now, Danny and Kidsgrove are now both out of the country and far away from the U.S. of A. Oh, man. That... I love, I love Kids Grove paying Dandy's bail so he doesn't no-show evolution. That's so, that's like a, that's like a little wrinkle to the feud. In a feud with so many great wrinkles to it already. I, I just love everything they're doing. I think it's, I just think it's really good. Yes. Speaking of really good, we have a TFK scent coming up. And I, I I come to find that I love TFK the character more and more every time I see him. He is just so so good for what he is, and uh, I think kept up the handler just fucking knocked it right out of the park with TFK, because uh, I I just love his his. Like immediately as the segment starts, I love that he calls the audience trailer monkeys, and he's saying to drink it in. Like I know his pick face is Jericho, but he so, he has such a Chris Jericho vibe to him, and it feels so good. Just feels right. Yes. Uh, so TFK comes out and he starts to cut a promo on the All Father who has so far not accepted the Evolution 2 challenge that TFK threw down. <laughs> See, I'm trying to write uh, for some money lines. Major box office hit incoming baby Odin Balfour hasn't even answered my challenge and all of you are clinging on throwing up take my money memes I see you I see all you keyboard warriors screaming for the biggest match of the summer and you know why that is because I'm the hottest director in this industry and I just bitch slapped the giant from WCF's past that he cowers away acting like this pissant doesn't bring his own pedigree square in circle oh TFK yes Yes, take my money. Take it now. I'm putting all the money that I get from the Patreon feed into TFK. I think TFK is trying to sign his own death warrant by calling out Odin. Oh no, he absolutely is. It is absolutely what he is doing, especially when you get to the end of the segment. Uh, don't get me wrong, bro. But you're supposed to, you're supposed to veteran here with the way above the bar, and you're being thrown out by QDT and Len TFK and make it to the top of mind of Havoc. I get it. You're not action wrestling. But come on, all father. Find TFK as your chance to save face, right? You can shut up all the critics or say no one lost his touch. He can't even get the poon like he used to. Is it the point where you need to see your doctor for that extra help in the bedroom, old father? Oops, I mean all father. Oh, man. It's about to get bad. They say talk is cheap, Odin, and I know I'm racking up a bill here, but I'm confident that I can't shut you down. I can outshine you, and I can send you on your way to retirement with the closing of those WCF doors. WCF, WCF, WCF. Yeah, yeah, this is action wrestling. Big axe play, and I'm the director, so shut up. 
<laughs> and then all of a sudden, Odin shows up and he talks shit to Odin's face. Hans respected, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> the cojones on TFK are admirable. Ah, there he is, the lowly stunt level. Yes, yes, drinking in monkeys as your god stands before you and let this old man pass. Ugh. Oh, yes. Uh, there's so many... Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, Owen's theme song hits and the crowd starts chanting the, the futile to resist, you know we have come. And... He stands in front of TFK, and TFK's first response is to say, I'm sorry, Olden. <laughs> Olden. Oh my god. TFK doesn't give a shit. He should, though. He's gonna die. Odin grabs him by the throat, picks him up, and choke slams him in the middle of the ring and then leaves. And then the camera turns to TFK, who is starting to smile while choking on air. So I don't know if this is what TFK wanted to have happen. But oh my god, this is so good. He definitely seems masochistic. A little bit. But, hey, the, odd, the end justifies the means, I guess. I believe that the match between TFK and Noden at Evolution will be a spectacle, if nothing else. We're going to witness a murder. I, I, oh, I'm no, we will, we will witness murder at some point in Evolution. It's just a matter of if it's in the hardcore match, if it's in the Jason Corey match, if it's in the Hell in a Cell match, just depends on when. There's going to be murder at some point. I think that's a fair assessment. Coming up next, we have Alex Richards versus Hajit. Uh, again, coming off his uh, final match in the dub, he gets the win over Hajit. Uh, but there's someone in the crowd. Noble Savage has returned to AW after making a surprise appearance at the Havoc. And these two just are going right back into their feud from WCF. Also, Torture comes out while Noble Savage is in there and says, Wait, well, please come now. I've been trying to sign you. I've been trying to connect, contact you, please. And Noble just like passes him by. Please, we want to sign you. Come on, everybody. Everyone here wants it. Uh, Torture's getting buried. Oh, torture. So he's getting buried in the show. No one wants to sign his contract. His tag team division is in chaos. Everyone's coming to his office complaining about something. <sighs> uh, I need to laugh. I can just tell. Yeah. We get another... We get the same advertisement for 2K. Good shit. Backstage happenings, and boy, are there happenings. Uh, so Torture's talking with Kamiya about Noble uh, when uh, 
all of a sudden, Alex Richards comes out saying, I want an opal now. Torch is like, yeah, we all do. I want an Alex Richards. Make it happen. Get on it. Maybe you're not hearing me. Hey, big goofback. <laughs> he calls him big goof. <laughs> and then Alex gets closer to torture and torture. It's just like, uh, look, uh, I'm trying everything, man. Just I'm doing my best. <laughs> he just immediately is intimidated by the Archduke of Mass Confusion. Um, so Alex Richards walks walks off, and uh, there is something that's happening. Uh, Dream Daddy <laughs> stops torture um, to bug him while a huge commotion is happening just down the hall. And while Torture's trying to rush over there, Dream Daddy's like, hey, can I have a match at Evolution? Can I have a match at Evolution? Can I have a match at Evolution? And Torture's like, fine, Jesus! And can it be the, the television title? Yeah, sure, whatever, just get out of my face. So good. <laughs> Torture is having the worst week ever. Oh, man. And then he... he dollars a week. You can make his life a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's pennies a day, except it isn't. So, like, Torture shoes Dream Daddy away, and he goes in, and the entire tag team is just fighting each other in the locker room. Carly Nash and Nikki are still fighting Bishop and Priest. Uh, Blaze and Timmy, the town enhancers, are throwing rights and lefts, and Jordan and C-Mac are just slapping each other. So... There's just, like, there's just chaos going on. And, like, it's just one big giant brawl, and Torture is just trying to get it under control. He has to get, like, a bunch of reps to pull everyone apart. Um, some choice lines. Carly has a chair on Bishop's chest, and she is stopping the chair into him. She's yelling, You don't got gold medals, you weak bitch! Oh. And Torture stops everyone and says, You want to hurt each other? You want weapons? Fine. At Evolution 2, the five pairs of you can compete for the Tag Team Championships in a TLC match. And as, soon as, as soon as he says it, Blaze and C-Mac break up and immediately attack Bishop and Priest again. <laughs> They start fighting again. Carly is driving a forklift towards everyone with flames. <laughs> Time to die, Bishop. <laughs> She's trying to run him over with Jesus a forklift. This is getting this this <laughs> this build to the tag team match is getting cartoonishly violent, and I'm all... this. You know what the segment is? This segment is uh, one of those cartoon brawls where everyone is, like, in a giant dust cloud and just throwing punches at each other. This is what yeah. this is. Yeah. And I love it. Uh, this is so good. <laughs> Alright. Uh, coming up next, it is your main event. It's Casey Holiday versus Shadow Love. I promise that I will not read Shadow Love's entrance again, but I will point out that as soon as his entrance is finished, Billy says, all right, we have to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> his entrance took an entire segment of vision time. 
And I applaud you for not reading through his entrance again. Yeah, that was... That, that was... That was, a, that was a one-time deal, because I knew that I would get a kick out of it, but very few other people would. So, um, Casey Holiday comes in. It was in. entertaining, but it was really long. Oh, yeah, it was like seven minutes long. It's way longer than it really needed to be. Casey Holiday comes in uh, with the all-in briefcase, and the match begins. It's a fairly, fairly standard match, nothing out of the ordinary. Casey Holiday gets the big win, but all of a sudden, it's Chris Santiago. And Chris attacks Casey for no reason. What is going on? Now, I don't know a whole lot about Chris Santiago. I know a good bit about Casey Holiday. Uh, I, uh, I wonder how this view is going to turn out, because this is not a feud that I was totally expecting. Because I'm sure you share the opinion that Casey Holiday is probably one of the strongest booked members of the AW roster. And to actually see her get knocked out by Chris Santiago is a little bit surprising. So I wonder where they're going with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And finally, we close the show out with Ryan Lockhart being a dick. <laughs> he comes out. As he's, usual. he's got some paperwork with him. Uh, he at first calls Michael X Mr. Wrestler X and it says sick uh, let's see I'm, I'm looking for more choice lines so apparently what they're doing is since he won't sign to an AW contract Ryan Locker is trying to get him to sign to like a beach crew soundtrack um, after signing the contract, Michael X will hereby re be referred to as XXX Mikey, as stated by our manager, The Six God. Upon being humiliated by one Ryan Lockhart at Evolution 2, Michael X will either leave Action Wrestling entirely or submit himself to becoming the Beach Crew Waterboy. Duties include costing, costing some of our opponents' matches, bringing us any food or beverages we desire, making fun of people on the internet boards with us no matter how much we bully you, and so on. Oh my god. Uh, oof. In one final terms and condition, after Evolution 2, Michael X will voluntarily remove his name from the Action Wrestling's record books and deem one of either William Moore, Alexander Pasternak, Jared Holmes, or Ryan Lockhart as the Havoc 2 Rumble winner. This doesn't even make sense. Ryan didn't even compete. Pasternak didn't even last long. Holmes wasn't even top four. Why does Lizard literally lost the marbles? Uh, and finally, Michael X shows up in the building. Uh, the crowd is super hyped for Michael X. They are chanting his name. Um, we were told that Michael X wasn't in the building, but he made it, and he's in the ring. And much like TFK... Ryan Lockhart is just goading Michael X and just shit-talking him to his face, which I don't know is the smartest choice. But yeah, he is is shit-talking Michael X doing, you know, the general hype build-up talk uh, until... So, the thing, the thing about this feud that uh, I, I noticed reading the segment... Um, so, 
Michael X points to the microphone, saying that he wants to talk to Mikey for, not talk to Mikey, talk to Ryan for a little bit. And Michael gives the microphone, and he puts it up as if to talk to talk into it. And he super kicks Ryan Lockhart, and just starts beating him up. Not once in this, not once in this build-up to this match from last week to this week has Michael X said a word on an AW television. He is the epitome of letting your actions speak for themselves because he looks so strong. He looks like such a badass, and he hasn't said a single word. Kind of hope they keep it that way until Evolution. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see how that goes. Um, so for the second week in a row, Michael X lays out the action wrestling champ. Uh, yeah, Billy says, that's a man on a mission. No talk, all action. And that's the end of Monday Night Clash with Michael X standing tall. Good on him. The boy. Boys, the noise. Michael X, he's here to stay. Actually, not yet. He's not here. He, he he's on the contract yet, but he will see eventually. He, he's not officially here, but he's here in spirit. So, uh, that was a really good show. You know, looking back, I had so much positive things to, about, to say about that show. I'm actually really surprised, but it's it's a really good show. I don't know what to say. All right. Um, it any, was good. Yes, so, uh, oh, you were going to say something else before I cut you off for the umpteenth time? We've just been, I think we've just been cutting each other off too much. It's a well, thing that happens. Not too much, but you know. Yeah, it's fine. No, I, I, I wasn't saying anything. I was just gonna. Okay, well, uh, any closing no, thoughts? Quick little quick. Yeah. I'm sorry. See, we're doing it again. I was just gonna ask if you have any <laughs> closing thoughts before we move on to let's do some evolution two predictions. Um, I'm just, I'm really excited for for next week. I think. Um, as we get closer to action, we're get, it's just going to get better and better until it just until the big blow off at the end. I think it's going to be really fun. No question about it. All right, let me pull up the card for Evolution Two. Now, of course, the is still being constructed week by week. Got a lot of matches that we can talk about. So, first up, um. Musical guest, Ariana Grande. Huh? I assume that the NBA 2019 champions will be presented with a commemorative belt, as Tort is wont to do. First match is the Prince Jimmy Dean Memorial Battle Royale. So far we have Chase Jackson, Carlos Lopez, Hajit, Petrov, and more names to be announced. With, you know, with the with the exposure that they've gotten, I think maybe like a member of the syndicate will witness because this seems like the kind of thing that they would go over. And who knows? It could also be Petrov or Gajit. I don't know. There's so much room for fun jobbers to get thrown into this match. I'm gonna say Petrov just right. because I like him. I love Petrov. Petrov is great. Uh, next up, Kennedy Matthews, and I just realized that Kennedy Matthews was nowhere to be seen on the uh, on the show. Huh. 
Interesting. But Kenny Matthews and a mystery partner versus Team Matthew, Lizzie Hope and Australia Louise. So let's see. I think I want to say that Team Bestie would win, but I really am curious as to who this mystery partner is going to turn out to be because I think uh, right now the partner has yet to be determined and that Matthews is still looking for someone, so who knows? I think the mystery partner is going to be Lizzie Hope's brother. <gasps> the, ultimate, make... the ultimate sword. The ultimate sword. I think Hope and Louise are going to win that one. Uh, television championship. Dream Daddy Wesley and Claire Hawkins. Oh boy, oh boy, this is a big one. I think so far Claire's been a really good champion, and I think I think she will come out on top, even though Dream Daddy is quite possibly the biggest heel ever because of what he did at Havoc. I, I think it'll be Claire Hawkins. I I want it to be Claire, only so we can get more of Wesley. Um pestering torture. A more disgruntled Dream Daddy Wesley on Twitter saying I'm getting snubbed. I've been in this company over a year now. What the fuck is up? <laughs> ah, we got the hard... I just want to see more of the... uh, Yes, more. Uh, the Hardcore Championship entrance to be announced soon. So far, we know James Wolfe and we know Corey Bull. Uh, I will abstain until we hear more participants. Big one next. Yeah, probably a good idea. Tables, ladders, and chairs match tag team championship. Bishop and Priest versus the Warriors of the North versus the Talent Enhancers versus Red, White, and Bruised versus the Cowboys from Hell. So, I think in all this, we can immediately discount Bishop and Priest. Sad to say. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and Warriors of the North is you, so you got to work for this. <laughs> Yeah, you could be ta- you could be tacked yeah, by, by yourself. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Warriors of the North purely, purely because of bias. Oh yeah, it's the most biased. Um, as for me, I honestly think it'll be the Cowboys from Hell. I think even though they're extremely outnumbered, I think they'll pull it off. Fair shout. Uh, next up, Jace Wilds versus Corey Black. We all, I already said this uh, in the podcast, but it needs to be Jace winning, because otherwise the story will become incredibly depressing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hell in a Cell, United States Championship. Kids Grow versus DeVito. Honestly, either of these guys can win, I would be happy. This is just so beautiful to watch. It's like a violent ballet. It's just just a lot of violence. Yes. But I think you're right. Either way, I think it. I think the it's gonna be the right winner either way. Oh yeah, that's what's what's so beautiful about this match. It's like no matter what the outcome is, it's the right outcome, and we know it to be the right outcome. Next up, 
TFK versus Odin Balkan. Now, I love Misa TFK as much as the next guy, but Odin is a monster among men, and I think he will obliterate TFK, hopefully. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that one. I don't... I'm sorry, TFK. I like you, but yeah, no, not gonna happen. And with the amount of shit talking that TFK did to Odin in that one segment, it's probably only fitting that Odin wins. But if TFK does win, it'll be a pretty fucking big win for his record. So keep that in mind. Uh, next up, Spencer Adams and Kyle Camp. Ooh. So, of these two guys, I'm going to say that Kyle Kemp is the one who has, like, a slightly more momentum at the moment. I think, like, he's ready to break through that um, notion of being underrated. And I'm, I think he's ready to, like, just break into the main event scene full stop. So I'm going to say Kyle Kemp. Yeah. I think I think you that one down, down pretty. I think I'll agree with that one. Alright. Iron Root Charity Match. FPV versus Roy Speed. So I want you to... I, I, who do you think is going to win? And what do you think the score will be in terms of headshots given? I really want to say speed just because I'm in with you, but uh, I don't know. I'll be. I haven't really seen what Roy Speed can do, so I think with my very limited knowledge on both of you guys, I'm gonna say you're gonna win with. Five to three. All right, cool. I'll say that. I'll pay three thousand dollars, and Roy pays uh, twenty-five thousand uh, <clears> dollars. <throat> uh, also, uh, was I gonna say anything about this to before I left off? I completely blanked. Holy shit! Uh, I don't think I had anything productive to say. Uh, and your main event, World Heavyweight Championship, Michael X versus Ryan Lockhart. Uh, I think that, you know, Ryan has already been the longest reigning heavyweight champion in AW history. No one can take that away from him until someone takes it away from him eventually, but it probably will not be for a while. But he's just on too much of a hot streak right now. I got to give this one to Michael X. I think Mikey takes it. I think for me, it'll all depend on if this is like angled or... I don't think it's angled going to be purely based on roleplay? I do, I do not think this is angled. I think this will be a pure roleplay contest. I don't see why you would angle the main event of your biggest show of the year. In that case, I'm probably going to go with Lockhart. Alright. I mean... Yeah. Michael X, he's definitely proven that he's worthy, but, you know, Lockhart's been the longest reigning champion for a reason. 
this is true. So those are our Evolution 2 predictions as they stand right now. And uh, finally, we are going to move on to questions. Let's Yay. get Let's get it. All right. First question from QDT. So, Vaden, here's a question. Where did you get the inspiration from for Vaden and Warriors of the North? Okay. Um, I got the inspiration for Vaden basically by playing uh, 2K and running my own uh, career, like my career. And I've been, I've been playing with him for a long time, and I realized I'd never had like an out and out heal. I've had persevering babyface, but I never had a heal. And I've always liked the concept of like the uh, Rick Rude, I'm better than you sort of. So I just, I started rolling with that. And I got the Wisconsin Spinus thing because I'm from Wisconsin and, and you know, it's, it, it's kind of easy to be the best from here because there's not really that many famous Ooh. people from Wisconsin. So I was like, yeah, this is an easy moniker to, <laughs> to make to make right, I could make it. So I could I make just, a, I, really I could make my cases with Wisconsin's finest, even though I don't live in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's it's pretty easy. And for the for the name, I just went with my first name, and yeah, you know, I just was going through my uh, my music playlist. I found a band called Vaden. I was like, okay, that's that's easy. So just, let's just go with that. that. Pretty pretty lazy on the naming, I suppose. Now, what about... And, as for, uh, yeah, what about Warriors of the North? I'm sorry? Uh, I was just going to continue the and Warriors ask. Warriors of the North? Yeah. Um, Warriors of the North, you guys got it spot on last week. They are... Definitely based on the war, war raiders, Viking experience, whatever you, you want to call them. Um, so I, I took I took the the Viking aspect and I I put it alongside uh, a band I listened to called Beyondity, hmm. and they had they just released a new album <gasps> about about a, 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 a war between the Viking army and Atlantis. And so basically everything about Warriors of the North in some way is based on that album. Like, uh, one of them, one of their nicknames is the Outcasts of Eden. That Outcasts of Eden is the name of a song. And, uh, yeah, so on and so forth. They're just, it's just basically Viking metal. That's that's all they are. No, I, I love me some Viking metal, so that's a good inspiration. Um, yeah. I don't know now, but uh, I've learned some really shocking news. Uh, I don't know if you're paying attention to the action wrestling chat, and I'm a big to 
break some news to you, but I'm looking on TMZ.com, and uh, Ashley Mazzaro is dead. Do you know who Ashley Mazzaro is? I don't want to sound offensive. But no, I I haven't heard of her. So Ashley Massaro was or, a. I'm not sure. Oh no, it's it's a girl. Um, Ashley Massaro was a uh, diva in WWE around like 2006. Um, she uh, honestly didn't do too much. Probably her most notable thing is that she was one of the divas who got into uh, Playboy. But I actually know her from another thing that she did. Um, this is such a, such a bummer on the podcast, and I apologize for that, but I just wanted to talk about this because I'm literally just now finding this out. Um, I'm a big fan of the show Survivor. I talked about this podcast amongst the fetting community, and on their season where they went to China, she actually was in the cast, and she competed on Survivor. She only lasted two episodes, but she was kind of memorable, and... China's one of those really good seasons, so she's kind of... For me, because she was a wrestler, and she was a wrestler doing Survivor, she was memorable in that regard, but... Oh, damn, that's... That is a bummer. Yeah, that, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. I, I never I never really knew her, but... It, it always sucks when someone like that passes away. Yeah, um, it does not cause of death is in the TMZ article. Um, officials would not reveal the cause of death at this point, but we're told it's being classified as non-criminal, which I have I have no idea what that's supposed to mean, but that's that's rough. That is super, super rough. Poor one out for Ashley Massaro, guys. That's 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 sad. Well Yeah, absolutely. Moving on from that to another QDT question. Um how are you finding the cruiserweight division so far, especially the brevity aspect of it? Um, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think I think started and I was in the heavyweight division. I quick yeah, it wasn't for me because, like I said, I'm not really good at 4K. I just don't really have it in me at the moment. So I figured I'd start off at the bottom and work my way up. I'm not saying that the cruiserweights are like at the bottom. No, no. Bottom. In fact, I'll say this. I'll say this. The cruiserweight division is one of the best parts of AW right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I was just saying, like, it, in terms of the word cap, it's at the bottom. Yes, and but yeah, it's really good. And it's 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 so good because it takes guys like you who, by your own admission, you can't really do 4K, and you it gives you a an opportunity to shine in this federation, look like a million bucks without having to write too much like past your limits. So it's good in that regard, and that's why it's the best. Um, what are your aims for this year in AW? Um. First and foremost, I just want to establish myself in terms of showing people that I'm here, like, full on, not just 
like like you said, fly by night guys who just show up and then quit after like one week. I want to I want to prove that I'm in this for the long haul. Half um, that, I think my my main goal would be to make a legitimate run at the cruiserweight title. Right. I think I think um, that'll come up somewhat soon. I'm hope. If it doesn't, then oh well. I'm just gonna keep grinding until it does come up. And then after that, I would like to maybe graduate for maybe the TV title picture or the hardcore title scene. Basically something that still has a somewhat lower word cap without going without straying too far from from home, I guess. Alright. Uh, some general questions. Uh, here's a challenge with as little pre-thought as possible. Come up with the best Funniest, wackiest jobber gimmick you can. So I thought about this while Baden was giving his answer. I think my answer is a clown, but it's a sad clown, and he's always crying, and he is an expert violin player, and he's also an expert tap dancer. So when he comes to the ring, he is simultaneously river dancing while playing a very sad, uh, yet also jaunty uh, violin piece. And his finisher name is uh, called Tears of Pagliacci. I like that. I think that would that would go over really well. I think it would. Yes, too. <laughs> I thought I, I'll admit I did think about this a little bit. I never I didn't put too much thought into it. But his name is Bernie the Blind Ref. <laughs> now, no matter what sport you're into, there's always at least one point where you hate the refs. They get stupid. Was I they, not talking? They mess up a call. Was I not talking about the Saints earlier in this call? Was I not talking about Ex the Saints earlier in this fucking call? Exactly. So, he doesn't even get any offense. The wrestler just pounds him into the dirt. And everyone loves it because everyone hates the refs. That is an actual genius idea. Congratulations. Um, funny story. Um, there's a guy that I knew in college marching band. And he was notable because he... Most of the people in that band were college age. 18 to 20. Um, he was noble because he had been in the band for like 10 years. So he, he liked bands so much that like when he graduated, he got a job as like a janitor at the school just so that he could qualify to stay in the marching band. Um, but like every Halloween uh, for us, people will like dress up in costumes for marching band practice. And one year he dressed up as a blind football referee with like a walking stick and uh, sunglasses. It was the best. I think my friends did that one year as well. It's, it's such a good idea. It really, really is. All right. I'm, I'm sending a message. I'll just give me one second. Come on. 
Alright, next question. What makes a good baby face in England? I have no clue. <laughs> Honestly. Ah, uh, let's see. This is a question I probably should have put some pre-thought into. I'd say... Oh, jeez, that's, that's that is actually a really tough question now that I think about it. How about this? I'll give it a week to think about it, and QDT, for the next week's podcast, you can re-ask this question, and hopefully Lee will provide some salient input. I'm sorry that I can't do it this week, but I, I'm also just still a little kind of surprised by the Masaro news, so I'll just move on to the next question. If AW wrestlers were real people, who would you most like to go for a beer? Who would you most want to avoid? I would say, in terms of who I'd want to avoid, my instinct is to say Jared Holmes, because he would be the incredibly douchey kind of frat boy who, the whole time you're trying to talk and have a beer, he's like looking at the TV on the bar, looking at the game, freaking out. Um, you know, just doing douche stuff, and that's that's a buzzkill. Don't be a buzzkill, Jared. Let people enjoy their beer. That's a weird tangent that I got. I don't know how that conversation happens, so... Okay, so, uh, what about uh, going to have a beer with? Now, going to have... Going to have a beer with... Let me see... Hmm. A couple people that you could say you could go for a, a beer with. I think I think Mike Lex would be good because he wouldn't say a word while you were drinking the beer. He'd just chill and let you drink your beer and just enjoy your company while you watched a football game or something like that. That sounds nice. Uh, let's see. I think... Um, I'm, I'm probably gonna be talking about him a lot in this in this question thing. But uh-huh. um, in terms of people, I'd want to avoid. I'd probably say Dandy. Only oh, oh yes, I, I were clear from that. I would assume you'd be. I would assume that he is a crazy homeless person that wants to kill me. Well, for me, it's really just the accent like it's clear that that accent will get on my nerves so quickly also that yes but yeah you're right I feel like he would definitely be violent if I try to start bar fights every chance he gets yes speaking of uh, speaking of bar fights real quick uh, I saw this really great video earlier this week of uh a giant, like, 30-person brawl happening in a Chuck E. Cheese of all places. It was incredibly fast. It was, it was great. One of the ticket dispensers got knocked over. Wow. And who, um, who would you want to go for a beer with? Well, first of all, I'm underage, so probably no one. 
but really, I actually didn't. I thought I thought you were like like at least like twenty seven. I don't know. Oh no! Earlier in the chat, everyone was talking about you being seventeen. I I'm only so. Wow. Take for that what you will. You, well, you're almost um, at the age. You're almost of age. So. So for this scenario, let's just say uh, magically aged two years. Sure. Uh, probably Magic Maddox. I think I think he'd be a real fun person to yeah. hang out with. <laughs> that would be. Uh, I, I hesitate to say that I would hang out with QDT because uh, he may be like a he may be a cool guy now, but keep in mind that he doesn't. He only cares about me. Look what he did to his parents. So. But uh, yeah. Thank you for that question qdt you the best you the best moving on to the boy harry diderot who asked how can we help the fed get amped for pay-per-views without having everyone reach the upper card and how do we help grow membership now to help grow membership i think that this is something that we always say that spencer is really good at but spencer is amazing at recruiting people because he knows twitter he knows he knows all the uh, recruitment ways because in WCF you used to be recruited through like fucking top sites and now top sites is no longer a thing so now you have things like Twitter Facebook Reddit maybe Tumblr I know it's a big Fed community but um in terms of getting amped for pay-per-views without everyone reaching you there's like the upper card there's so many great storylines that are going outside of the you got Scott's Scott Slayer and Bobby Rage. You've got Jace Wilds and Corey Black. You've got I would say TFK and Odin is like a little bit under upper card, but that one may be available. Point is, there's lots of great, great stories happening all over the card from top to bottom, and that is not an exaggeration. So I would say get out via fun, compelling, entertaining storylines all throughout the show. No filler. I think, uh, for me, I would say, in terms of getting people hyped for the show, it's a lot to do with said. I, I honestly couldn't say it better myself. Um, but I think, honestly, all we really need is we need a good set of people to, um, how do I put this? Be like, comfortable with their spot on the card. Yes. And get get a lot of people who are okay with, you know, opening the show, not getting high profile matches right away, and being patient enough to wait for their time to shine. That way, everyone will be happy. Everyone will be content. And that'll just attract more and more people who want the same thing. Hit the nail right on the head. Um, and lastly, Derek Baden, what's your favorite cookie? This this is probably the hardest question I've had <laughs> to think about. I I knew my answer right away, but it's the answer that I know is going to cause cause a lot of problems. Oh, boy. This is like a major heel turn here. Oh, okay. But here it goes. 
I said it. Now, Derek, we're all entitled to our opinions here, so I'll just move on to the next question. Thank you, Harry Diderot, for your amazing... Moving on to William Moore. He has a question for you, Derek. What is it like being a relative newcomer in our Fed circle, and has the integration been natural? I think the, um, the integration has been really... It's been, it felt really natural. Like, I feel like I just slipped in, and that's it. Because um, I think the Facebook chat really helped. Mm. Um, it really helped me get a feel for not only the characters, but the people portraying them. And uh, like I said, I, I came over after a long hiatus from WTF, so... It was really comforting to know that there were so many familiar faces, like especially Torture and Gravedigger. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that they're running this stuff because way back then, I would go to them a lot for advice and inspiration, and they were just really open about everything, and they were really helpful. So... Yeah, I, I, I'd say it's intimidating at first, but all those things I just mentioned, I think they were really helpful in bringing me in. Nice. For the Edge Boys, of which I am the only one on this call, but I guess you can answer this one, Q. What match are you most looking for toward... What match are you most looking forward to at Evolution outside of your own, of course? For me, I think it's a thing I am most excited about the Hell in a Cell match between Kids Grove and DeVito. It's because it, it's it's like we said earlier, no matter who wins that match, it's the right person. We already know this ahead of time. Whoever would it's it's money, so I'd have to agree with you there. That's that's a very enticing match to look forward to. I think yeah. all the matches are going to be really good. That stands out to me the most. Yes. And also, this match, when this is all said and done, that United States title is going to mean so much when new people start feuding over it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Thank you, William, for those astute questions. Moving on to the U.S. Mr. Dandy DeVito. So this is for you, Derek. Assuming everyone was available and division limitations didn't exist, who are the top three people in AW with whom you would like to feud? Alright. Um, I'm, I'm going to take this no limitations thing to its absolute max. My first one would definitely be Tort or Gravedigger. Ooh. Didn't it go for the Fed heads, but I like it. I think just being able to go against the big boss would be would be an awesome chance because you know they've been doing things forever, so they have a lot of experience, and I think that would be a really interesting challenge. <laughs> so torture and grave digger are. Uh, two, I guess. Uh, do you have any third? 
Um, I think I'm gonna say Bobby Rage. Oh, that's a good one. Like, like TFK. I, it's probably because masochist. <laughs> I'm not afraid to take a good ass whooping. Oh, the idea. And plus, of... plus he says he he said he liked me, so that's I good. Appreciate that. The idea of Bobby Rage tossing around a tiny, tiny Derek Vaden like a ragdoll in the ring just warms the coddles of my cold dead heart. It's, it, it would, it, it would put butts in seats. It I would, it would put butts in seats. Um, Live on television. For me, which character that's unique to AW, i.e. a character that didn't come from UCI or WGF, has most caught your eye since you arrived in AW? Uh, I have a couple questions, and I assume that by character you mean character and not necessarily a handler who has been in UCI or WGF, because... Uh, but in terms of unique AW characters, the ones that catch my eye are you, DeVito, because you are an amazing character. Also, TFK, uh, I think, is slowly becoming my favorite character that Bishop has run just because of just how good his character work is. So, DeVito, TFK, and I'll lastly say, just because I love him for his his meme value and his... And he, we were just talking about him, Bobby Rage. I've caught this weird... <laughs> I don't know what it is about the guy. I just caught a... He just has my attention and is not letting go. So, um... Thank you for the questions, Dandy. Sorry we didn't get to the Lockhart and Pasta questions, but they're not here to answer them, so... Oh, well. Moving on to next week. Lizzie Hope. Uh, to everyone, did you finally read any RPs this week? And if so, suck a few dicks and tell us how great they were. Unfortunately, Lizzie, sorry to say that I still haven't read anyone's RPs this week. I'm so sorry. I haven't had a chance to any of them either, only uh, because I haven't had time. I, I will say this. The reason I posted like a day afterwards, after the card was announced, is because I just knew I wouldn't get a chance to do it later on. Mm, that's true. Um, I will say this, though, just to make this not a waste of time. I do like what the guys are doing with the like top four RP of the week poll that is going on. I think that is a great way to get people to, like, just, like, showcase roleplays and be like, yo, check these out. These roleplays are worth your time, and they're really good. They're, like, a Case Holiday roleplay, roleplay, I think a Lizzie Hope roleplay. Uh, so, good shit. Uh, which undercard feuds are you most excited to follow? Um, I have two that come to mind uh, in terms of, like, undercard, undercard. Scott Slayer versus Bobby Rage, because two teenage dudes going at it, learning the ropes, getting better, making each other better. And my other answer is uh, uh, Claire Hawkins versus Dream Daddy Wesley, because fuck Dream Daddy Wesley, the monster. <laughs> I, I think the uh, the tag division rivalries Ooh. has caught my eye. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Honestly, not because I'm in it, only because... I think it's so chaotic that I can't help but just admire it. It's like a car crash. Absolutely. Pair a few hypothetical feud partners. Who do you think would work well together? 
Huh, let's see. Hmm. I know this sounding, but I just thought that this would be a, a good one. Tia K versus Shadow Love. Love. That would be good. Because think about it. Shadow Love that is all really good. Shadow Love is like the ultimate showboat. He is a he's a model, he's got like a beautiful wife who is just as conniving as he is. He's he poses and he struts and he's the kind of guy that TFK would direct in one of his movies. So uh, that would be a very interesting interaction to see unfold. And uh, let's see, what else would be a good one? You know what? You know what? Um, oh, God, hold up. I need to... There's someone that's slipping my mind. Go answer. I want to... Alright. Um, I said this a while back in the group chat. Um, episode 1000. It's going to be QDT versus Lizzie for the world title. Mark my words. And I'm, I'm going to go with those two because I think both of them put on spectacular role plays and I think they're both going to be at the top of the very soon. Damn. Big words. Clash 1000. Book it. Uh, okay, so I found the, the name that I was looking for. I want to see Hazel in a feud with Bobby Rage at some point. <laughs> because I, I, I don't know. It's just that, that just seems like such a fun part, like pairing to just have crashed into each other because they're two very strong personalities in completely different ways. I I absolutely agree with that. That sounds very sounds very fun to watch. Who's winning the NBA championship? Now I can answer this question because unfortunately I don't follow basketball. Neither do I, but my Bucks are in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, so I'm going to go with them. All right. He didn't say a team. He just said Eastern Conference Finals. Good shit. <laughs> okay, I, I, said, I said my Bucks are in them. Oh, so the Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks. Uh, okay. Okay, I got it. Okay. So, the Bucks. There you go. That's your answer. Uh, and a few questions towards you. Would you create another character or two that debuted against Lizzie? Would be a funny running gag. Now, you've already hit the limit in terms of wrestlers, because you've got Derek and you've got words of the note, so you have you have nowhere else to go. True, but I was thinking about moving Warriors of the North to the non-wrestling, non-wrestler roster, and just making them bodyguards for Vaden. So, okay. If I did end up doing that, I would absolutely create a new character and have them debut against Hope only because we need a rubber match. She won the first match. Ooh. I won the second match. We need a third match. Book it for now. Book, book it, Seth. Vin is throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> Alright. I have a character in mind if I ever were to do that, but I don't know if I'll <laughs> actually go through with it. Who are some of your favorite writers, AW and beyond? Your writing for Warriors was so novelistic and intriguing, so I'm curious who inspired it. 
Um, that's a really good question. In AW, I'm probably speaking out of bias here because I've worked with them, but Dandy, QDT, and Lizzie are only because, like I said, I've worked with them and I've read all of their stuff. And just, my God, these guys are so good in each individual styles that it's it's insane. I can tell why Dandy's been the U.S. champion for a while because the way he writes his uh, dialogue and all that, I think it's spectacular. Um, QDT's mastery over the 700 word cap is a thing of beauty. I do not I do not know how that guy can can do it every week. <laughs> and Lizzie, um, the the awakening storyline that the Lizzie character is running, I believe that that can do so well on its own outside the realm. I would read that on its own. Not in terms of just a straight story. It's incredible. Alright. Nicer. Thank you. Hope for some great questions. Moving on to J. Max Spence Adams. So, Derek, tell us about your experiences prior to AW and E-Fighting and what you were doing prior to AW. What led you here specifically? I think we already went over this at the start of the podcast, so... Yeah, we, we did. Right. Um, WCF for, like, a month. I... I sucked. I really did. I competed in a King of the Deathmatch tournament. And won only one match because someone no-showed. Oof. Um, I, I quit because me and a guy I was feuding with, we were at team championship match. And in my, in my humble opinion, I think we posted two really good role plays. And the champions only posted one between the both of them and this wasn't that good but they still won handily anyway so I was I puffed and I puffed and I just never never logged back in so yeah it's not that's, that's, a, that's a thing that happened exit, but... no it's not but there's been worse and that's a thing that unfortunately happens a lot with old WCF booking so what can you do? So, uh, more questions. Yeah, uh, what are you into right now? I'll say, I recently started watching the 1997 version of Berserk, and I'm having a grand old time. I think it's a great, great anime that I probably should have watched earlier. Nice. I, uh, I haven't heard about it. What's, like, what's it about? So it's like a really dark sort of fantasy storyline. It's about this guy named Guts. Um, and he's like a like a wandering mercenary in like a medieval world. 
and he meets up with this group of people called the Band of the Hawk, led by a guy named Griffith. And Griffith takes him in and nurtures him and makes him commander of the mercenary unit. And that's all I'm going to say right now, because I'm on episode 7 right now. So it gets... I know it gets weirder and much more dark, but I haven't gotten to that point yet. Sounds interesting. I might have to check it out. Yeah. What about you? I've been, I recently went back and started watching a show from my childhood. It's called uh, Shaolin. Oh, you were talking about it's this where... in the chat. I remember this. It's a it's a really interesting show. If a little cheesy. Basically, oh. there's these four. I'm sorry. What? Oh no. Oh okay. Um, there's these four monks who are being trained as Shaolin warriors. They're called, and their main goal is to complete magical mystical objects all the while fighting a literal evil but the main villain is so pumped that he never wins ever the only time they really struggle is when they introduce a indestructible that they need to on a way out, just so they can keep going. Otherwise, they're completely fucked. Hmm. Now, see, I remember this show from back in the day on Toonami, I believe. And I remember, like, it was never, like, one of my heroes, but I always enjoyed it, and I always watched it, and I thought it was pretty, a pretty neat concept for a show like that, so... I do remember the show you're talking about. Uh, any new bands slash new-to-you artists you've gotten into recently... I'll say I've listened to their music before, so I already I already knew them, but I am finally now beginning to understand why people think that Rumors by Fleetwood Mac is such a album because I've been listening to it for a couple of days and it's just it's just like pop masterclass. And also just kind of browsing through Spotify one day, I found a band called dead like juliet and they i guess you got a hardcore metal slash punk band but they scratched that itch that specific type of itch in my music listenings that just really gets my gears going so i'd say that um let me see let me see I usually find all my new music from the Discover Weekly playlist, so I don't really follow any specific bands. I mean, I have the main ones that I listen to, like Skillet and, uh, like I said, but in terms of new bands, I guess... Um, I've listened to them before, but Nate Wants the Battle, that's a oh, band yeah. I, used to, yeah. I used to listen to. 
But I, I, like, just yesterday, I went and checked out his page again, and I started listening to his new album called uh, Paid and Exposure, I think. Great album title, but... Oh, yeah, definitely. It's great. It's definitely something different than what he used to do back in the day, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, Nate Wants the Battle is one of those, like... He's one of those YouTube video game cover song guys, but he's so spectacularly good. I, I would say that he's the best one out of all the people on YouTube that do that. So he's definitely got a got a spot up there. And any movies coming out that got you hyped? You know what movie I want to see? And this is not the kind of movie I would usually go and see, but the movie uh, Booksmart. With the, the, the high school girls. I, I want to go see that. That looks like a really fun, funny movie. I don't think I've heard of that one. Um, it's like a uh, coming-of-age high school, like, teen comedy. Uh, it's coming out soonish in a couple of... I want to say a couple of days or months. Not not much weeks. Um... Yeah, I think I'm going to get into that one. All right. It's directed by Olivia Wilde, if, seen, if you like um, Olivia Wilde, Wilde at all. I don't think I'm familiar with her. She's a, I'd say, fairly well-known actress, for mostly for House. I think, uh, um, I think it's called Ma. It's about... From, from what I've got from the trailers, it's like a psychotic woman who loves to party with her like college kids, and while they're she goes around and like kills them oh. in I guess party specific ways. Like she she overdoses them, she, like pushes them off the balconies. So it's, so it's kind interesting of interesting concept. So it's kind of like a be right. Yeah. Huh, interesting. I don't know, I'm not usually in slasher movies, but this one looks pretty good. Uh, I am a trailer for this one on YouTube, and it looks really, really interesting, and I want to watch it. It's a movie called Blinded by the Light. It's about a, a Indian kid who, who is, like, going through, like, traditional Indian culture and all that, but he turns the music of Bruce Springsteen and he starts like to adopt more Western cultures and like the movie is supposed to be about like the clash between the traditional Indian culture and the culture of the West with guys like Bruce Springsteen and that that concept for a movie first off the trailer was a really really great trailer it actually trailers rarely make me excited to go see a movie but that trailer had me interested so blinded by the light check it out I think I have heard it Sounds pretty good. Oh. Alright, well, thank you, Spencer. Those are some relations. Moving on to Sam Kidsgrove. <clears throat> all things being equal... <laughs> I love his All things being equal, with the world being such a topsy-turvy, nonsensical place full of intrigue and craziness. In these times, why is Dandy such a prick? Very yeah. good question, Kidsgrove. Dandy... Is a poverty tourist, and if you 
as to why he's such a prick, go ahead and listen to our question about who we would avoid having a beer with, and you'll understand exactly why he is such a prick. I think he's a prick because he he can he can be one, and he knows it. I I think we're all pricks here. I mean, everyone's an asshole to each other in some case. And that's part of the fun for me. My favorite part about is talking shit to everyone else. So, that's why. Hmm. Well, thank you for that, Kids Grove. That was a very insightful question. <laughs> Moving on to the boy TFQ. Is Polly Shore still relevant? And did TFK revitalize his career? I will say that TFK may have revitalized Polly Shore's career, but let's be real. Polly Shore is not relevant, and he will never be relevant because he's Polly Shore. I'm being completely serious when I say this. Who the fuck is Polly Shore? Your life is better not knowing who Polly Shore is. Don't worry, he's a really, <laughs> really shitty. Actor. Exactly the the response I was wanting. All right. Um, Vaden, how are you not Damian Kane? I'm asking for a friend, lol. I mean, uh, you just gotta ignore the fact that, uh, I had to ask who Damian Kane is. That was a ruse. <laughs> no. But, um, seriously. <laughs> I, uh, from what I've heard, I've heard some pretty bad things about him. I have no idea if they're true or not, because I've never interacted with him. But the things I've heard, I really, that people would see me in a, in a brighter light than that. Mm. Um, but then again, people have said some similar things about me in real life. So, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Uh, I won't comment on this because I still communicate with Damien Kane on a regular basis because he is in my D&D group that I DM, so I will plead the fifth on this one. Um, FPV, should I create a character from New Orleans just to hear you mark out? Well, funny you should ask that, Bishop, because I learned my lesson from the Polar Phantasm, and I no longer mark out for characters just because they're from New Orleans. I mark out for them when they prove to me that they are good characters that are well-written and are completely devoid of drama, like Lizzie Hope, for example. I, if I'm remembering correctly, Lizzie Hope is billed as being from New Orleans. It's one of those... I want to say it's Lizzie Hope, though. I'm double-check just to, just to make absolutely sure. Pretty sure it's like some uh, New Orleans, Louisiana byway. Uh, I think it's Neo, Texas. Uh, hometown New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay, there we go. Oh god, the character of Lizzie Hope is uh, almost exactly one year younger than I am. That makes me feel old. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, TFK, for those questions. Very good. Dream Daddy Wesley, the motherfucker. Your boy finally secured a shot. Part. 
Your boy finally secured a shot at the Tennessee chip by taking advantage of the distracted torture. So I have two questions for you. Is torture going to revoke the match, and how? He's gonna... One day, Torture's gonna be looking at the car for Revelations like, Ah, oh, yes, this is a fine car for a fine show. Michael X versus Ryan Lockhart. Ah, oh, good, good, good. Puff from Cigar, puff from Cigar. Oh, yes, Kids Grove versus Dandy. Marvelous, hell in a cell, great. Wait a minute. Wes, I never signed on to a Dream Daddy Wesley Hazel over 10 much. What the fuck is going on here? Someone get Camilla Gonzalez here. I have words for her. And they're not good words either. They're mostly swear words. <laughs> I love how he's just Vince McMahon. <laughs> any authority figure that I talk about, any fighting, eventually turns into Vince McMahon. And get in here. We're gonna bait and we're gonna make him rude a day he ever messed with torture and Camilla Gonzalez. Damn it! Mine is a lot less detailed than yours. <laughs> a lot of my Vince McMahon, a lot of my Vince McMahon voice comes from the last fan wrestling podcast. If you've not listened to the Lapsed Fan. You need to get on it. It's the best wrestling podcast out there, aside from the Out of Era Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you're going to give your answer to that, Shin? Yeah. I think he's going to... Dream Daddy West with a wrestling chimp named Bobo. Ooh! Bobo going over... Put the rocket strap on Bobo's back, damn it! He's he's going places. He's going places. Well, fuck you, Dream Daddy Wesley. You should have never asked a question, and I hope you never ask a question again, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, love you, Wade. Uh, Carly Nash asking, scanning the entire roster, which man or woman would be the favorite to win in a Money in the Bank match. And I assume that we're talking about the all-in briefcase. You know who I want to see as all-in? I want... <laughs> I want to see Shadow Love win the all-in match and just get that briefcase and just flaunt it for all it's worth. I think he would make a marvelous Mr. Mr. All-in. This is one question that I haven't given much thought to, honestly. Not because, like, I didn't want to. I didn't really have time for it. Mm. Um, now, is this who I think would win it in, like, a shoot sort of, sort of way? Or who I think deserves it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here. Uh, also, my my answer of Shadow Love is because I think the gimmick center around all, and I think he would most take advantage of something like that. And also because I think he's an amazing writer, and he would absolutely do well to have a, basically a guaranteed world title reign at some point.
All right. That, that makes sense. Um, shoot. I think I guess saying his name a lot. I think Dandy would be a good a good fit. You, you say you you say his name. Because- But Dandy, he he deserves all these name drops. Oh, exactly. That, that that's my justification for it. Um, I think he's pretty high up there in terms of like booking, but I think he just needs that one extra push to get into the main event scene. I putting the briefcase on him would be perfect. Mm. And plus. I can see him just... I can see Dandy DeVito walking around walking around the streets with the briefcase with, like, a shirt sleeve hanging out of it. <laughs> kind of like the hobo sticks. Oh, yes. That's perfect. God, yeah. You know, the all-in briefcase, if Dandy loses the U.S. title, I think the all-in briefcase is would be such a good transition for Dandy if he ever loses the U.S. belt. Yeah, I, I definitely think so, too. Nice. Well, that's... And that, that brings up an interesting question for me. Ooh, what, um, what question is that? Obviously, obviously, Casey Holiday has the all-in briefcase now. Yes. But what happens when the, when the pay-per-view comes around where the all-in briefcase looks to be for. So this would be two briefcases? No, this was actually addressed during the Havoc show when Torture introduced this. This specific all-in briefcase that Casey Holiday has is only good up until the next all-in match. So up until uh, a few months from now to cash it in. Otherwise, the briefcase that she has becomes null and void. So she doesn't have as she, uh, have, Emma, she only has a few months. This chat was going around so fast. Oh yeah, that chat was that chat was going crazy from the announcement. I don't blame you that little detail, but uh, yeah, that's the way that works. All right, my question was answered. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the end of the questions. We that's the end of the show, guys. That was really. I am honestly surprised that I had so much positive things to say about Clash, but I think that's a great sign going forward, especially when we're building up to Evolution, that the show is so fucked tight from top to bottom. Yeah, I, I definitely... Going forward, what matches will be added later on? Oh yeah, there, there needs to be some, some hype matches coming up. But, uh, Derek, thank you for coming on the show. You've been a wonderful guest, and it's great when we get, like, the newer... ...less experienced guys, because I think Wade, as a guest, was kind of a given, but it's it's great to get guys like you uh, on to share your experience as kind of newcomers to this circle of people. I definitely appreciate you having me on. I was honestly surprised that you were uh, so so um, open to it because, you know, who the fuck am I? I mean, these not to like not to pull anyone's rope, so to speak, but uh, um, 
you know, you guys are, you know, legends, and I'm just, who the fuck am I? So, I, I really appreciate that you, uh, you let me come on, especially so early on into this podcast run. No, yeah, and I think that's, like, a big point that I want to make is that, like, I know I have a bunch of friends already in this like circle of people but i don't want to just stick to the people in that circle of people like i want to branch out and i want to get the new guys in so that they can like experience like like i think one of the fun like more funs of out of character e-fighting which is the podcast because podcasting is so much fun and it it is just a lot of fun like week in and week out doing this and you you heard those first two episodes me and the boys we were just laughing up a storm it is those are like the hardest that I've laughed at anything in like a long time. So that should show you how fun that I view the e-fighting podcast thing to be. So, well, um, I kind of already said this in the chat, but next week on the podcast, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that things work out. We can get Dandy the Vito on this podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah, he's on here. He's a hard-working man. Oh, he's a hard, hard-working man, and I want to—I want to talk to him about the. Whew. Uh, and then yeah, after we that, need some insight on that. Yeah, we need some insight on that pronto, <laughs> what it's like to fucking handle that beast. That's next week. Uh, I will see you all later. So for Derek Vaden, I'm Frank Venable, and I'll see you all next time. Goodbye.